everyone, and welcome to Living That Belle Vie. I am your host, Monday Young, international lifestyle and business coach. And today we are going to be talking about the truth about career development abroad. And I'm going to be speaking with Amanda Bates, a career strategist who has been working in the field for 15 years and who spends her days helping individuals build the careers they love. She has traveled to over five continents and has lived on three of them. And today she is going to be sharing her expertise on the best way to navigate career development abroad. Amanda, not only is she a career strategist, but she manages a multimedia platform, The Black Expat, and hosts the popular podcast, The Global Chatter, which tells the hidden stories of people abroad. So, Hello, Amanda. Welcome. Hey, Monday. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I'm so happy to have you here today. And I just wanted to start off by having you, you know, I wanted to ask you um, some questions about how you started your journey uh, traveling and how you started helping people to really understand how to navigate their careers abroad. Yeah, so I am a third culture kid. So for the people who don't know that, that is one of those terms that are thrown out there in the expat world. But I grew up between the U.S. and Cameroon, and that just just by living that life, I love travel. I love being international. Right. I you know was living in the United States, and I moved to Sub-Saharan Africa. There's travel in between that, and so. Yeah. Having an international perspective has always been part of my story. My mother worked for the U.S. government abroad, and so I was always around okay. diplomats, business right. people, missionaries, like basically all the things that take people abroad for work, right. I was around. Okay. And, and so when I came back to the States for, for university, I was really just trying to find opportunities that would kind of get me international, but use some of the skills that I knew that I was good at. Right. And... Uh, I always say this question, what am I going to be when I grow up? We never answer it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was at, I was asking it at 17 and I'm yeah. not 17. <laughs> yes, yes. And we change. I think our desires for life change as we change as people. Like what you thought you wanted to be at 18 is not Absolutely. the same at 25. And it may not oh look anything the same at 35. And again, at 45, you know. I mean, and and here's, I think, what's real interesting, even with my career journey, because it's not straight, it's by no means a straight thing. It's that from a very young age, I had at least enough sense to know what I was good at and what I liked and what my abilities were. So even though there were members of my family who said, you should go to medical school and be a doctor. I knew very well there's no one's going to be a <laughs> Like, I knew that at 10. Yeah, so yeah, for me, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. But I, I always wanted to work with people. And so even when I got my, when I got my undergraduate degrees, it was political science and sociology, understanding why people do things in systems, whether it's politics or society. Right. And then when I went to graduate school, it was still understanding people. I got a master's in counseling and I got right. a master's yeah. in business. Both okay. of which are trying to understand what motivates people. people. So obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. a theme with <laughs> Yes, you and, definitely do. And so for a good amount of time, I worked in nonprofit work and I worked in education because I, one of the things that I learned living abroad is that I know what it feels like to be a fish out of water. Sure. And so sure. I always wanted to work rules where I help people be better versions of themselves. And so 
for nine and a half years, I actually worked in something called College Access, where I worked with uh, students of color in the United States to help them go to college because okay. they were the first ones in their family. So nobody knew they had how to no navigate. Examples. Right. Right. And I just, I realized what I loved about that work was helping to make, helping people to figure out a plan that worked for them. Yeah. And that's just yeah. the kind of work that I've always found myself. And then, you know, and that's really the staple of, of developing career abroad because in both aspects, because sometimes you can be trying to create something, you know, that you, you may have did, you may have done somewhere else, but when you move to somewhere else that doesn't exist. Right. Absolutely. There's no example for you to follow. And then also just figuring out how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those are the skills that I would sort of teach my students. Right. Is that it doesn't matter the environment you're in. It matters the skills that you have. And so yes, yes. what's wild is that every job that I've had and every opportunity that I've had, people think, oh, did you go to school for this? Or is this something that you studied? And I'm like, well, I mean, I studied the maybe the concept, but not necessarily yeah. this is what I wanted to be. But what I could do was say, these, this is what I know I'm good at. Yeah. And even though I did it in this environment, I'm pretty sure I can do it in this one because people are the same. And yes, yes. my skill set transfers because I'm focusing on what I, what my strengths are and not what I cannot do. Yes. And I think that's where um, a lot of people get held up when they're, when they're moving abroad, at least, you know, when I'm working with people is, Sometimes they're not using their full skill set. Yeah. Yeah. They're not using their full skill set. They only use the one that in the country, maybe where they came from, mattered the yeah. most. Right. Yeah. So in some countries, degrees mean the most. In some countries, displaying your creativity means the most. In some countries, your your work experience means means the most. So tell right. me, how do you start people to to really sort of dive into their toolbox and to show them how they might be able to use this in different ways in different places so what's really funny is that I had to do it first myself and then I realized I could tell other people how to do <laughs> That's it always the best way right so I um ended up moving to Doha and it was not an Doha opera- Doha Qatar so in the Middle East and okay. so okay and and so um I, people think that was an opportunity that came to like, how did you get that job? I was like, actually, I made a case for it and they hired me. It did not exist. And (laughs) and in order to make the case though, I had to outline what it is that I could do, what I could do well and how it would benefit this institution, right? And so I think that when you are thinking about your career trajectory, the very first thing people need to know is what do you do well? Like both technically and when we call, talk about those soft skills, right? And so, right. so technically you could be analytically very great at math, right? At, yeah. at some kind of data analytics. But then if we talk about soft skills, you're also really good at communicating in a way that someone can understand, especially technical matter. So that's just an example. Right. So I think the first problem is that a lot of people don't know what they can do. Like they haven't right. actually sat down. And made and an so, assessment. Right. Of just, I mean, and I mean, just basically just take a sheet of paper or do it on your phone. And so for folks who are very confused, I always advise them, I'm like, start with the people who know you best and like you. Mm-hmm. What is it that they, what is it that they see in you that you don't see in yourself? And yeah. I think this is especially important for people who are making a career change or have to pivot because yeah. if you've been in one lane, it's really hard to all of a sudden think about a different lane because you've done something for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's, you could be scared. Yeah. 
And and sometimes it's like, even though you may have a little experience in something else, you may be scared to say like, you know, oh, I can do this because yeah. you don't feel like you you have enough expertise in that area to sell yourself, basically. Well, and so now I'm going to get a little bit gendered with that. Uh, so <laughs> I have found doing this a long time is that not that men don't feel like they, like, you know, like some sort of imposter syndrome, but without a doubt, I've seen it with women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the people who died. Of, so I have seen it where women can see an opportunity and I can see it clearly that they have the skill set for it, but because it's something so left out field, they feel that if they don't check all 10 boxes that are being asked in a job description, they They're shouldn't not apply. Yeah. Right. Whereas my male clients and, and the males I've worked with, male students, have just been like, okay, I got like two. We'll see how we can rock this other <laughs> eight. Yeah. Like they're a little bit yeah. more confident in that. And so, yeah, it, it is an interesting thing when people aren't aware or don't feel like they're aware. So actually, and so maybe that's where your counseling comes in. Like you help people get around to that place of self-worth, of feeling worthy just to even try, try an opportunity Absolutely. I mean, I call myself, actually, I think it was who said it to me first. And then I was like, I adopted it. Basically, I'm a big old cheerleader for your success. <laughs> right? No, yeah. because you, you, yeah, we, you, feel we all like need a cheerleader. Great, we do. We do. Right? If you, if you have a hype man, like, <laughs> hip hop, right? Like, if you have a hype man on the stage, like, yeah. it isn't just Buster Rhymes. Yeah. It's whoever that dude is that's great. That one dude that's always been screaming for like 20 years, right? Yeah, exactly. You get really excited. I, and I think that if you have someone who's like, heck yeah, you could do that crazy idea. Because yeah. I, I think the challenge is that on the flip side, I would say with family and friends, Sometimes people are unsure, especially when it's a total career change. Sure, sure. You know, like you decide you're going to move to Paris and nobody in your family's ever lived in France and they've mm -hmm. never mm -hmm. left the country that you're in. And you say, no, I want to move there and I want to do X, Y, and Z. It, it can help to have someone who's emotionally removed, right? So it yeah. is, I'm agnostic to what your dream is. I'm only there to help you find a path to achieve it. Right. And I think that sometimes when you have to be your own best friend as well, it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like when you're going through those transitions, I think you need to get comfortable with it yourself before you start trying it out on other people, because yeah. they may, they may kill it before you even get a chance to dream about it. Right. Yeah. It's like, get comfortable with it yourself first. And then you can kind of, you know, people that you can trust your vision with uh, then you can start talking about it, but you definitely don't want to take it to the most negative person in your family <laughs> who like destroys all your ideas. Right. Like, you know what? Like communications, yeah. you, you're a terrible communicator. Like, uh, Remember that one time when you were five and you didn't do, yeah, no, I mean, no, but you yeah, say yeah. that, but that is like real talk. Like yeah, yeah. part of it is also having the common sense to know who are not the people who are, the, who are the dream killers? Yeah. And who, who are the people that at least aren't going to completely smite it out when you, when you bring the idea? Sure, sure. I think you have to nurture, especially if you're feeling insecure, you really need to nurture yourself first and, and people who are going to help nurture you. And I mean, another thing is, and I don't know if you agree with this, is what I tell people is like, it's just, a, it's just an idea. You can try it. What's going to happen to you? Well, you could fail. You <laughs> could fail, but you don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to tell anybody. You do not have to put that on your CV. 
You don't. <laughs> no, you are right. I mean, that's and that's a really good point too. Like, so <laughs> with resumes and CVs, I'm like, you don't have to put unless explicitly in the job. Like, for example, if you're yeah. if you're applying for a federal job in the U.S., they want the last ten years. Okay, whatever. That's one thing. Yeah. But most jobs don't even want necessarily every job you've ever done. No, they want. They want the, you to explain what is relevant to what they are looking, looking for. for. Yeah. And so my big advice for folks is, you know, it's a tired analogy, but it works. This literally is like dating. So if I talk about myself the whole time and I don't ask what your interests are and I have no idea mm. what interests you, what mm. you're going to, you're going to be like, I'm not going to date this woman again because she's so self <laughs> like, what, why, so where's our chemistry? Right. Yeah. But if I actually am asking you some questions and I'm mm. relating my own experience, maybe some experiences you've had, then we have a conversation, we have a dialogue and we can find common ground. Yeah. I think too often on resumes and CVs, people are kind of do this dumping ground of every mm. job they like every description of their Everything. job we've but talked what, about this right but they yeah. don't actually just pull what like if it's a project manager job pull yeah. the project manager related skills from skills. your previous job we don't need to know about some of the other stuff that ain't got nothing to do with what they're looking for yeah 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 I mean I think we both agreed that you need to have several CVs Mm-hmm. Right. You need to have several resumes. I mean, people hate writing one. <laughs> so like you're like, no, I know. no, but what <laughs> I, I tell people is, yeah. is you have your for me is like I tell people you have your foundation resume. It has yeah. that one has everything on it. Just get yep. everything written out. But then you just move the elements over, yep. you know, to to the job to create yep. what you need when you need it. And this should not be complicated in 2021 because y'all ain't doing this on typewriters and all the other <laughs> old versions of Word Perfect. <laughs> not even, not even Word, Word Perfect. You literally could do this on Google Docs. I do this yeah. every day. This yeah. is not yeah. yeah. I think if you create a good foundation resume, that all you have to do is move the elements around. Yes. That's that's basically what I did when I was traveling. And um and and it, and it just keeps you from feeling like you you need to type your whole resume again right and right? figuring out what's relevant i mean and and i love that idea because what you can do is if you've taken an assessment of what you can do, there are mm. probably different types of jobs you're applying for. So you have one that is your communication resume, one that sure. focuses on project management, one mm. that focuses on something else, but you're just intermingling whatever, you know, experiences yeah. are appropriate for that resume. That's all you need to do. It's not actually that complicated. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times what I see is people want to have a title for themselves that's like fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're moving around, don't fix your title. Look for the type of job you think you can do. Yes. And that you're willing to do at that stage you are in your journey. And then you find the qualifications to meet that and you take whatever title they give you that goes with that. (laughs) And and here's the truth. If you are an expat and you're crossing borders, titles don't necessarily translate the same way. They surely do not. And and you actually have to spend more time- articulating what you can do, especially if they're unfamiliar from where you came from. Exactly. So, you know, if you happen to be from a country where they get a lot of workers from there, they're just familiar, you know, like, like the U S is just big and people are familiar with the U for, with multinational companies. But if you're coming from maybe a smaller nation where they've not necessarily hired as many people and don't understand kind of how the lingo is in that country. Yeah. You, you, you're going to have to let go of the title. Like, 
and accept that. Because if yeah. you're looking for an opportunity, then don't let a title hold you back. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, and do you see that people, when they're moving around, that that's the one thing that really that really has them missing other opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I think folks, like, it's, it's also hard because you there's <laughs> what you don't know. And so when yeah. you're moving to a new country, you don't necessarily know how what you're bringing is received. Sure. And I, I think there's that. And I think I've seen some inflexibility in terms of what people are willing to do. Mm, mm. But I think that the inflexibility comes from not really understanding what you're capable of doing. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so okay, fine. You wouldn't have done this in, the, in, in this other country, but then you also didn't have an opportunity to do this in this other country, the country you came from. So if it still comes down to, do you know yourself well enough to know what's going to make you happy? What's not like, I know, am I am totally capable of doing accounting. I've gone, I've got the degree. I could totally do accounting. Right. I am not that detailed oriented in that way that I would pull. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm doing it in the U S France, sure. Germany, or Cameroon, like I can't do it. So right. I already know that that's different from sure. I can do it, but I'm not, you know, I don't know if, if, you know, I'm having a confidence problem and I'm not sure I can do it in this environment. Well, no, there's, I mean, you don't know until you try because you yes. wouldn't know until you tried in your home country. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it is what I tell people is like, you don't have to, this is, this is, you know, I think especially when you're moving abroad, you're going to have to try different things. You might be surprised at what you would enjoy doing. Yeah. Right. Right. That this yeah. skill that was a soft skill, might be a lot harder than you thought, <laughs> you know, it might be, a, it might become, you're like, okay. Cause you may have evolved as a person and evolved a skill that you didn't even know that you, that you have. And that skill, that soft skill that you didn't use as much at home may actually be in demand Yeah, in the country you're going to. And so True. like, I, I think about folks that I have, that I know who've lived in France for a significant amount of time. Some of the stuff that they were doing in France, they they didn't do in Canada. They didn't do in the States, right? And then all of yeah. a sudden, because they had a grasp of the English language and they had a grasp of the arts, all of a sudden they've got a career in film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, because there's, yeah. I remember one person told me this and I can't even remember the job, but it was something like you, it's not a job you go and look for, but it just so happened because she, strong English, strong French, strong history, left from Canada, moved to France to follow a boyfriend. And all of a sudden she has this whole career that just flourished. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. yeah. So yeah. No, no, I definitely, I definitely, um, I mean, that's pretty much what happened to me. I mean, when I came to France, I had to pivot. I had to find every skill I ever did at any time <laughs> I'm right. and try them, you know, to see, especially when I was going to school and trying to learn French just to figure out, you know, um, what, what can I do here? And mm -hmm. that I, and that I can actually feel confident doing, but yeah. I tried lots of things and, and I don't look at the trying as failure. I think if you try, you're already not failing. You're right. already doing more than somebody who is not willing to try. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, that, that's, I think that's the biggest stumbling block to anything. It's just accepting the fact that you could fail. And if you fail, it's not the worst thing to happen. It is definitely not the worst thing to happen. <laughs> um, and I, I just think that even if you give something a shot, you didn't fail mm -hmm. because you, you gave it a shot, right? Agreed. 
Yeah. It's just like a track meet or any competition. If you came, you know, if you come in third or, or 20th, at least you was there. You did more <laughs> than you, ran. you did more than the guy who did not run the marathon. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you have a and honestly, you have a great story. Like I think some of my best stories are like miserable failures that I had. And people are just like, I'm stuck on the fact that you hopped on a plane and went to where? <laughs> you know, they don't even hear the failure. They're like, well, that was kind of cool. Exactly. <laughs> it's more about the experience. And I think sometimes when you're willing to try, people can be impressed by your tenacity. Yes. Which is a skill that employers want. So, so you can work that in and say, hey, I may not always be successful, but I'll give you my best because I'll try. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And okay, so, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, being open examining your hard and soft skills, having a, a CV that can be chipped and chopped to, to, cre- to be created for different positions. Yeah. Is there any other uh, diamond tips you got for people out there who's trying to pivot their career abroad? Honest to God, you should be networking your butt off. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say of all the jobs that I've had, uh, professional jobs, only two were pretty much cold calling everything else. Mm-hmm. I, even that job I had for nine and a half years, honestly, I met the CEO at a cocktail party yeah, <laughs> and yeah, he yeah. thought I was cool and offered me yeah. a job yeah. while I was trying not to talk to him. That's a funny <laughs> part. Um, and so as you can tell, I look, this is a skill. If you can schmooze, let's talk about that skill. Yes, yes, that will yes. get you just about anything under the sun. And so, because everyone is looking online, that's fine. Yeah. But if you are coming from a country where, you know, you have had an established career, maybe you're part of some associations related to that, mm. check with those associations to find out if there are contacts in the country that you're going to. So if you are going to France, find out, sure. hey, are there contacts that are there? Also, you know, even talk to former employers to find out, hey, are there, do you think there are opportunities for me in this space? I was like, you know, I was an accountant here. Can I translate this being in Paris or Illinois or wherever you're going? Um, and then I also think even if you're applying to stuff online, like 90% of recruiters are on LinkedIn. So after you apply, you need reach to out to the recruiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, say, sure. hey, I'm really excited about this position and really ask them any questions that you have. But if nothing else, just convey your interest so that they it, it kind of goes off in their mind and say, hey, I had this person who really did reach hmm. really into this role. I would love yeah. to connect with them. Um, another thing in terms of networking is that uh, if you graduated from university, a lot of these universities your are alumni. on LinkedIn. And they yeah. have alumni networks. Mm-hmm. I have told, I have told, especially my recent grads, what they can do is find their school on LinkedIn. If they're looking for a particular opportunity, you can you can drill it down by year, see who was in your major, <laughs> drill it down by location, and then reach out. Yeah. Because yeah. quite frankly, people who are part of affinity groups, so like fraternities, sororities, faith-based mm. groups, whatever, identity groups they're likely to talk to you because they'll just be like, oh yeah, I graduated from whatever in 2005 and you know, you're sure. going down memory lane. And you're that- an alumni and, they, right. and they're willing to help, you know, people because who yeah are from their school. And so yes. use, use that to reach out as well as anyone in your personal network, because yes. that's the part. Honestly, if you're looking for an opportunity, it's hard to look for a job by yourself, but if you unofficially have 70 other people <laughs> helping you, you look for a job, no, that's even better. Girl, I don't know if any of y'all have ever had a friend or a family member be like, I saw this job 
and sent it to you. Yes. You know how powerful, I mean, that happens yeah. to me all the time. I mean, yeah, I'm right. sending stuff to people all the time. And so it is so much easier to have a bunch of people basically sure. to create this village yes. that is helping you find opportunities so that you aren't the only one and you're getting overwhelmed. And I, I, the networking is right up there with the resume because I feel like you have to have those two paired together. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're ready, when you've got the resume straight, and honestly, even if you don't have the resume straight, you still should be networking. And that can be yeah. especially hard for people who are a little bit more introverted. But sure. now with the internet, you can do this yes. all via email. Yes, you can. Or like you say, messenger. Yeah. And um, and I and I think you're 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 absolutely right. I think pe- once people know what help you need, they're mm-hmm. normally pretty eager to help you. Yeah. And it's always better to have a recommendation. Yes. To get your yes. foot in the door of a oh job. Gosh. So recommendations go a long way. Look, I came back from the Middle East, was minding my business, and, a, and an old colleague <laughs> said, hey, we have an opening. And I didn't. they hadn't even advertised it yet. And she went to her supervisor and said, hey, you should hire her because she already knows what she's doing. And there it was. Boom. Yeah. So yes, yeah. I, yeah. I believe in recommendations. I believe in recommendations. Me too. <laughs> they open doors. doors. And it doesn't yep. have to be some official recommendation from an, from a previous boss. Or it could be from someone who just has confidence in you as a person who's willing to avouch for you and your skills. That's Absolutely. all I'm looking for. Well, this has been a fruitful conversation. And unfortunately, we're coming to the end of it. That 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 25 minutes went too fast. Right. Okay. Um, but I want you to tell everyone where they can find you and um and it's definitely so that they can, you know, find the black expat, your podcast, and just you as a professional. So just I'm just gonna give you a minute to rattle all that off. Um, I need a whole minute. Okay. The easiest way to find me, once again, I'm Amanda Bates, is at theblackexpat.com that's like the gateway for everything if you can right. if you can get there you can yeah. find and me and you don't have to be black to contact her but. yeah i was like yeah no that let me say that there are plenty of non-black folks that reach out for all kinds of reasons so yes, don't don't yes, feel intimidated yes. yeah um but as you can imagine the black expat is also on twitter instagram uh facebook and it's just the black expat we're also yeah. on youtube which is the black expat presents um, if you are looking to just reach out to me, you can find me actually on LinkedIn under Amanda Bates. That might be the easiest way. Um, and then as far as our podcast, The Global Chatter, so wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, you, you know the drill. But if you actually go to theblackexpat.com, we've got a link to the podcast as well, and you can listen to it there. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Amanda, so much for coming to talk to me today and dropping your pearls of wisdom. (laughs) And um, I would like to thank everyone for listening to us here on WRP. And I look forward to speaking with you next time.